the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever near. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Brydenball of the Gospel Defender Ministries. This gospel message will encourage and equip those who have ears to hear to be a Christian, clothed with the armor of a gospel defender. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16, If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. It was when Paul was struck down on the road to Damascus that he was told by the Lord that the Lord was going to make him a minister and witness, both of the things which he had seen, and of the things which the Lord would yet reveal to him. The Lord continued, I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you, to open their eyes, in order to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That was the preaching commission given to a prospective apostle, Saul of Tarsus, from Jesus, the one who he had been persecuting. In my years of preaching the same gospel that Apostle Paul preached, I have never met anyone who has personally received from the Lord a commission to preach in the way Paul received his. Those who have preached during my lifetime, in identifying their commission to preach, always go to that commission given to Evangelist Timothy from the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, 
preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. As far as I am concerned, for preachers today, 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 and 2 is a good place to go as far as understanding what their commission from the Lord is. Since Paul was commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ himself to preach God's gospel, we would not be wrong in looking at his ministry to see how he performed it. Since he said in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16, Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel, we know that he took his preaching commission seriously. Preaching was not his profession. It was his obsession. It was not something he did until he started to receive his social security check. It was something he did until he was killed for doing it. Before he died, he was able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. So let us at this time take a very quick and brief peek concerning how he did it. We are asking in this series of messages, and how shall they preach? Other than the Prince of Preachers, the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no better preaching instructor to ask this question than Paul. So, Paul, how shall they preach? How did the apostles preach? You were an apostle. How did you preach? A second earmark of New Testament apostolic preaching is that it was done without respect of persons. Regardless of to whom Paul and the other apostles preached, it was always the same. It was without respect of persons. In speaking to a group of elders in Acts 20, Paul was able to say that he testified to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was impartial in his preaching, regardless of who was hit in his audience. He always preached the same message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that included repentance and faith. He said because of God's love for all men everywhere, God sent Christ to this world to die on Calvary's cross for the sins of men. Christ was crucified, buried, and resurrected from the dead. But once he preached that message, and some in his audience obediently responded to the gospel invitation, by repenting of their sins and being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and to receive the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit, there were many other matters that also needed to be preached. To have a good idea of what those matters were, you need to read the 13 epistles he wrote in your New Testament, 14 if you include the book of Hebrews and I know of no reason you should not include it. There were some things that did not matter to Paul when he preached, but doctrine was not one of them. To those in Rome who had become a Christian, 
by their obedience and submission to the word of God, he wrote, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. Doctrine was important in Paul's preaching ministry, and he never backed away from it. How could he? The preacher's commission is to preach the word, all of it, or, as he said in Acts 20, verse 27, the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God includes everything, the church that Jesus built, the gospel plan of salvation that, by the way, is not by faith alone, but by a faith that is accompanied with acts of obedience that include both repentance and immersion in water, and the regular weekly observance of the Lord's Supper. But that isn't all. Sin and hell, unpopular and unwelcomed doctrines, are also part of the whole counsel of God. Preachers are to preach everything the apostles preached. It made no difference to Paul if he were preaching to white faces, black faces, or brown faces. Every face in every city, town, and village needed to hear the soul-saving message of the gospel. It made no difference to Paul if he were preaching to the wealthy or to the poor. It made no difference to Paul if he were preaching to those who had PhDs or to those who were barely able to read and write or who couldn't read or write at all. People of all colors, of all economic standings, of all educational levels, needed to hear the pure, pristine, unadulterated Word of God, because everyone in those groups were guilty of sin, and needed God's forgiveness that could be received only through the blood of Jesus, the Christ. We are told that the most segregated hour in the week is when congregations meet to worship. Whites attend with whites, blacks attend with blacks. But it is also true that it is common to see poor people meet only with poor people, and wealthy people meet only with wealthy people. Educated people meet only with educated people and uneducated people meet only with uneducated people. We have made distinctions where God has not. In the church that Jesus built in Rome, and not the one built in Rome by apostate men who teach apostate doctrines, there were both Jewish and Gentile ethnicities sitting on the benches, listening to Paul's sermons as they were read to them. And Paul preached to them in Romans 2, verse 11, There is no partiality with God. Both Jews and Gentiles had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and both groups deserved to receive the wages of sin, death, eternal death, eternal separation from God in hell. You fall into one of those categories. You are either a Jew or a Gentile. 
It made no difference to Paul who you are as far as what and how he preached. In Acts 17, he preached to philosophers in the city of Athens. In Acts 21, he preached to a Roman military commander. In Acts 24 and 25, he preached to governors. In Acts 26, he preached to a king. In Acts 27, he preached to men on a sinking ship. Paul preached to priests, Sadducees, and Pharisees. He preached what he preached in the Word of God, without respect of persons. He preached what Jesus said in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. As far as the Apostle Paul was concerned, he believed that Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. He preached the gospel to every creature he met, and if he couldn't meet anyone... He went out looking for them. Paul, you asked in Romans 10, verse 15, How shall they preach? What is your answer? Preach the gospel to every creature without respect of persons. But that is not the only answer Paul gave to this question. A third earmark of New Testament apostolic preaching is that it was done in fear of God and not men. Paul wrote another answer to our question. It is recorded in Galatians 1, verses 6 through 10. I will read it, hoping that you can discern his answer. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Paul, how shall they preach? The answer comes back loud and clear. In fear of God and not man. Unless the messages of God's men are from God's word, they are void of truth and worthless. This is the case with much of the preaching we hear today. Within denominationalism, there is a wide spectrum of gospel messages being preached. There is only one gospel, but men have created gospels that please them and that scratch the itching ears of their audiences. Some men have no fear of God. We are not all that surprised by the various gospels fabricated by cults. After all, they reject the Word of God as being the final revelation of God. To accommodate their particular cultic gospel message, the founders of these cults have written their own books 
that promote and advance their own private, uninspired doctrines. There are hundreds of denominations and little independent groups who practice a Christianity that is far removed from the inspired revelation of God Almighty in the one and only book he authored, the book that begins with Genesis and ends with Revelation. Because of the power of the king of all denominations, Satan himself, a great majority of people who profess to be Christians, have been persuaded to follow the leaders of their denomination who preach a false gospel. This is nothing new. In the first century days of the apostles of Christ, there were false apostles, deceitful workers, who transformed themselves into apostles of Christ. I have no way of knowing the answer to this question, but I would like to know how many people in Christendom are more faithful to the beliefs of their parents and grandparents than to the New Testament doctrines of Christ and his apostles. And I would like to know the reason they are. I can guess, but that is all it would be. Based upon my conversations with all kinds of people, from all kinds of religious backgrounds and experiences, I would guess it is because for them to depart from what has been passed from Grandma and Grandpa down to Mom and Dad would require them to admit their family is wrong about what they believe, and that would cause family problems. People fear making their families upset more than fearing God and making Him upset. The most controversial subject to discuss with someone who is a member of a denomination is the subject of salvation and how they were saved. Most people really can't tell you how they were saved, but those who can, for the most part, deny that baptism in water in the name of Jesus Christ had anything to do with it. These conversations usually lead to what Grandma did. She was a devout Christian, so full of love and warmth and goodness, that she just could not possibly have died lost in her sins, although she never did what the Bible says must be done to receive the forgiveness of sins. After all, she read her Bible every day. And that has to count for something. It must be written somewhere in God's holy writ. Repent and read your Bible every day for the remission of sins. That scripture may be in the first book of imaginations, but the first book of imaginations is not in the Word of God. But that doesn't matter, you see, because that is what Grandma did, and her doing it makes it right. And what about Grandpa? He was such a fun character to be around as a kid. He played games with his grandkids while eating candy right along with them. In fact, he took his grandkids to the candy store when Mom and Dad wouldn't. He even took his grandkids fishing. Why, surely if anyone ever died and went to heaven, it had to be Grandpa. It has to be in God's sacred script somewhere. Repent and take your grandkids fishing, and thou shalt be saved. That has to be somewhere in God's revelation. But it isn't. 
different gospels for different people make it possible to not have to argue about religion. People have no problem with arguing about politics, sports, food, and a host of other subjects. But the subject that matters the most, the truth of Scripture, is a big problem. Now back to the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul stood before very powerful men during his ministry to defend himself for preaching the unwelcomed message of the resurrection of the dead. This message was so hated by the religious authorities of his day that in Acts chapter 23, there was fear in the heart of a military official who guarded him that Paul would be pulled to pieces by the Jewish council before whom he stood. But the truth was truth, and Paul would not retreat from it. Fear of men causes some men of God to ease up on the message. God's plan for church government. God's plan for church discipline. God's plan for worshiping Him. God's plan for women in the church. God's plan for saving men and women are controversial plans. Only because over centuries... The fear of men has motivated men of the cloth to compromise what God has said to please men. In Matthew 10, Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and sent them out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel to preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He told them what to expect. No hospitality, being delivered to councils to be scourged, being brought before governors, and to be hated and persecuted. They would be as sheep in the midst of wolves. As a closing farewell, he told them, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And off they went with nothing in their knapsacks. Down through the ages and throughout the word of God, men have been stoned, beaten, and even killed because of the truth they have preached. But far better is it to be defamed maimed and cursed by men because of preaching what pleases God than to live preaching in fear of men. It is far better to die doing right than to live doing wrong. If you are a preacher of the gospel and are asked at the judgment seat of Christ, how did you preach? May you be able to say, Lord, I preached without respect of persons in fear of God, not men. If you are not able to answer this question this way down here at this time, may God give you grace to repent and begin preaching as Christ and his apostles did. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is a I am safe within the 
of God to her bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not surrender. I'll not surrender. I'll not surrender. I know I'll always be a gospel defender. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Brydenbaugh speaking. You have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the church that Jesus built that preaches all of the word to all of the world. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, Zip 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at gospel-defender.org or by email at agosdef, A-G-O-S-D-E-F, agosdef at roadrunner.com. At your request, a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message will be sent to you free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. We need to hear from you as soon as possible. So please take the time to contact us today. Now, until you and I meet again at this same time and at this same place, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.